Sean is a fresh of breath air. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love each and most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? It, it, it kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank you for that. Stitching, you got it. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, stay focused. Um, work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It builds a bomb. It builds a bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Wiggity Nation Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo the Podcast. It's the number one software podcast about sports, entertainment, and everything in between. And as always, part of the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Go follow us at Witty Sports 716 on Twitter, on Instagram. And follow everything Built in Buffalo is giving you every single day on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Taking over. Paul Build in Buffalo underscore. We are your hosts. I am Matt Greco. He is Tony Ambrose. Tony, what is going on? It's draft week. You probably think this podcast about you. Matt, a, a rare daytime record for us. This is exciting. Yeah, a little afternoon delight for the listener. Ooh. <laughs> Bust out an anchorman synchrony. Well, <laughs> we can only hope. Hey, we, we only get worse during the afternoon, Tony. We <laughs> we we progress. We're like moon night. We only we're only good at night. Yeah, I mean, I peak around 645 in the morning and it's all downhill from there. Right, exactly. <laughs> See, I'm the opposite. I peak at like 645 at night. It's all downhill from there. Mm. Opposite. Opposite <laughs> well, sides. Pretty good. Most most of your day is uphill. So that's that sounds pretty good. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. If you want to look at it, glass half full. <laughs> Tony, we got a lot of bills news to get into. We're going to get right into it because we got a lot of draft talk one week away from the draft or less than a week away now. But Tony, let's start off. The boys are back at one Bills drive. It was just good to see everyone's faces again, right? I think it was fun. The video of Josh Allen, the super cut of Josh Allen hugging people was fun. Yes, that's very and... fun. Josh is just the <laughs> man of the people. He, he certainly is. It's tough because the narrative often focuses on the negative. Uh, and in this case, the negative rhymes with Horton Neuer. But to see everyone together, to see new faces and old coming together. And it's a perfect timing because in terms of content consumption, I mean, I can do draft content for my life as though it is my lifeblood, as it truly is. But it's nice to spice some things up with some new press conferences, some new sound bites, some new quotes. It's been an exciting time. It's good to see some returning faces, some returning faces as in on the team last year, some returning faces as in were previously on the team and are now back on the team. So, so I'm just glad to see them all back. And these, are, of course, are the voluntary offseason workouts. So the one notable absence you said, obviously, rhymes with Schmort and Schmoyer. I thought you were going to see <laughs> the one like dark cloud hanging over the Ralph rhymes with Schmon, Schmiller, Schmossuit. <laughs> oh, I mean, I... I am getting the vibe that I should only be worried about that to the extent that Von Miller is worried about it. And I'm getting the vibe that he's not worried about it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he's worried about it either. And it's not like the bill yeah, probably I mean, didn't so... know something was on the horizon with this. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's a it's a known fact. Was it Shady McCoy who had like stuff stolen from his house by his ex-girlfriend? I think you're thinking of OJ Simpson. Well, this- <laughs> yes, I know. Yeah, we're all, we're all running back okay. from the bills. Yes. No, I thought it was Shady, right. wasn't it? I don't remember that. Anyway, off-season workouts, good to see everyone back. And I think the key word is volunteer because, or voluntary, because 
Well, on a positive note, a lot of players do show up for this, despite it being not mandatory whatsoever. A lot of Bills players do show up, and I think it's a testament to the culture that they've built at One Bills Drive and these guys getting along with each other and wanting to see each other again and catch up from their off seasons. And Von Miller said it best. He said, this is some of the, the some of the better personalities that I, I've been around in the league. And he's speaking highly about the charisma of the team and the, the characters on the team. So Tony, I know you're big into the culture stuff and the guys liking each other and all that. So you mentioned the montage of Josh hugging everyone, which is very funny because Josh has as we've mentioned before, like middle-aged goofy dad vibes. That's a spirit animal, 50-year-old dad of three who's who's trying to be cool. <laughs> so uh, it was just good to see everyone back and smiling and uh, enjoying each other's company. Don't you agree? I couldn't agree more. I've been enjoying the content as it's come out. With that content obviously comes media content, press conferences. A lot of guys spoke. Josh Allen, of course, spoke about his golf match coming up. Tony, oh. we mentioned it last week. Josh has reached superstar status and now he has been invited to participate in a golf match teaming up with Patrick Mahomes versus Allen and Brady a little old school new school golf matchup superstar level Josh is great is it getting to his head is what I'm worried about that's all well, I'm worried about and, and the and the and, fact that he's participating and he has to trash talk Tom Brady but at the same time be kind of nice to him I don't I don't like that aspect I don't think anybody should be nice to Tom Brady on a Bills uniform so but superstar Josh is fun to see I think that Josh put it well and also kind of eased my nerves about the same thing with his Instagram comment of that it's it's the two old bulls and the two young calves, which I have to to project is a stepbrothers reference when John C. Riley is saying she's had the old bull, maybe she wants the young calf. Oh, yeah, right. That's what I that's how I took his comment. And to me, also that maybe it's projection because I know that Josh, I feel like Josh is someone who would reference stepbrothers. So of course. Um, he, he has before. Yes, exactly. So that kind of put me at ease that it's that he's still the Josh that we know and love uh, and cherish, like he's one of our own sons. What I more fear about is the open-mindedness, the open-heartedness Rotary. that inevitably <laughs> occurs on the golf course between four gentlemen t- taking in a sunshiny day amongst themselves. I don't want any ideas from Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers to be entering Josh's head. I don't want them to give him any advice. I don't like their careers. I don't like who they are as people. I wish they would just stay away from him and or they can golf silently. I don't want any cultural influence happening from either of those people onto Josh. No, that's what that's the biggest thing I'm worried about is is not only that but the Brady and Rogers rhetoric to Josh warping his right. mind in, in whatever way they can. I'm worried about the Mahomes dynamic as well. And I'm not talking about on the football field, Tony. I'm talking about off the football field. Mahomes is now married with a kid. Mm-hmm. And that rhetoric start up with Josh. We I mentioned it before. Josh has this peak to reach in terms of best quarterbacks in the league. And many things he he has reached that peak. I think he's very close, but he's accomplished so much on the field. Is he a little lacking off the field? That's what I'm saying in terms of accomplishments. So I I, I am scared to did, death of this. Did 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 <laughs> very did very Brittany novice? You... Did Brittany Mahomes pay me or Brittany Williams? No, did Brittany did Brittany pay you to say this? Yes. Did Brittany's this, mom this, pay you to say this? This segment sponsored by the Williamses. <laughs> yeah, the Williamses coming in here, making honest woman out of her already. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So good to see Josh getting that recognition. Uh, he's an avid golfer as we know so it's good to see him on that kind of marketing level that the others are as long as he avoids the insurance curse and we'll be good another who sponsors the match is it capital one it's capital one yeah 
Hmm. A little that's too close to insurance if you ask me. A little bit. A little bit. I would want, yeah, like I think they need a new sponsor. But, like Wendy's might be safer. Yeah. Yeah. Let's <laughs> get a non and close to insurance sponsor yeah. in there. The opposite cars of insurance. For, cars for kids. Risk taking. Yeah. One eight hundred skate car- like a skateboard company. Yeah, mongoose. <laughs> right. Is that one? Yeah. yeah. Sure. Why not? <laughs> sure. Yeah. They do those scooters. I'm a, skate- I'm a skater boy. I said, see you later, boy. Perfect. They do the scooters. Yeah. Razor. There you go. That's a good. They might do there that you stuff. Don't even RIP. RIP. <laughs> RIP original. The OG Avril. Right. Brandon Bean also spoke to the media uh, a lot about Jordan Poyer's contract situation, a lot about the draft. Seems like he's focused on the draft. That's kind of it was his fallback narrative. But in regards to the Jordan Poyer absence at these workouts, Brandon Bean said he's worried about the now. It's just business and it gets in the way sometimes and he respects that and he's not upset. So based on Brandon Bean's comments this week at voluntary workouts, does the Jordan Poyer contract situation worry you at all? about his future as a Buffalo Bill based on Brandon Bean's statements here. This uh, um, I mean, I think Brandon Bean's comments reflect that he, he's in a couple and it's on the rocks, but he can't let it show because then he'll seem less desirable. Mm-hmm. And so in the sense, I think that Brandon Bean, that's part of the game. What Brandon Bean said that resonated with me was that, you know, when he said um, that he's like, well, this has been made public. This is where the loud voices are. But I get calls from lots of agents about lots of extensions. There's a lot of people talking about extensions to me right now. And so to me, that resonated with me that we got other fish to fry. They might not be as big. They might not be as loud, but I got a lot of things going on in the works and this is one of them, but it's not... Uh, I like that. I thought that was a great way to kind of like turn the volume down on something that yeah. doesn't have to be so loud. Right. Exactly. Yeah, but if, but honestly, like if, if Jordan Poyer, his age is happening and the, the earth is still spinning and we have depth and we can't pay everybody. And if we were to just let that contract expire, I would understand. And I think that there are other safeties in the world. There's other safeties in the sea. I don't, I don't think it's telling honestly, because I think Brandon Bean likes to keep things close to the vest. I don't think he likes to make things public or make things bigger than they need to be. As you, you mentioned, turning the volume down just with the Stefan Diggs contract extension. He Two weeks prior to that he going down or happening, he talked about how Stefan Diggs, they weren't speaking about an extension right now. He's in two weeks later. It, it happens and we're all happy for it. But I mean, look at anything last year with like Cole Beasley and, and the public approach he took to any vaccine issue. Like, I mean, we know that Bean and McDermott were not happy with the openness of that narrative. They have staunch rules in terms of training camp and what the media can divulge publicly. They like to keep things close to the vest. So I think Bean is just going through the motions with this Jordan Poyer stuff. I think they're working on it. I think they're going to resign him. I I think they have a lot of leverage in this situation, too. I mean, this is probably his last big contract. So do you go to Jordan and say, hey, we'll, we'll pay you correctly. There's our price. This is what we think. Either take it or we let you walk. If you walk, you could go to a team for the rest of your career that isn't a perennial Super Bowl favorite or or is in the conversation for a Super Bowl. I think the Bills have a lot of leverage. Now, if you look at the top safety salaries, where would you put Jordan Poyer in there? I mean, the highest paid safety right now is Jamal Adams at $17 million per year which is ludicrous for Jamal Adams because he's a very good linebacker. Right. He's a very good safety. But guys like Harrison Smith, Justin Simmons from the Bengals, Buda Baker are all in the 15 plus range here. 
are those guys better than Jordan Boyer? Not by a wide margin, I'd say. So if you're just looking at numbers here, you're probably looking in the, the 12 to 15 range, I'd say at this point. And that would make him top 10, top five, five to 10 in that range, paid safety. Is Jordan Poyer worth that? The question is not only is Jordan Poyer worth that, is, is the drop-off of who Jordan Poyer's replacement would be worth that? And to me, I see this as as an opportunity to do again what we did with Jordan Poyer in that we had tremendous value of someone who overperformed what maybe a lot of people thought. But when Jordan Poyer signed here, he was relatively well-paid at that time. But the market has just gone up so substantially that now he isn't. And apparently that bothers him to an extent, which leaves a little bit of a bitter taste in my mouth that he's thinking about the now instead of thinking about, well, when I resign, look at all this, look at all this money I'm going to make. But right. that's, that's not kind of how he's thinking. He's thinking more in the now. He's well-paid now. <laughs> I mean, he's not yeah. like wildly underpaid by any means. Him and Hyde are 13th and 14th in terms of highest paid safeties in the league. That's right. <laughs> if, if you're looking at 32 teams and two safeties per team that are starting caliber, that's 60 some player was 64 players. Right. So I mean, you are in the top, what, 20 percent here of highest paid safeties. So I also, math right, but. I also wonder what is going on in Jordan's mind and in his life that he's saying, like, what is he is his access denial? His status. It, it, he makes all this money now. Like, what is, I wonder if he's saying himself, like, oh man, I, I would love to have that, but probably not until my next big contract because I can't afford it now. What What is he hoping for that he can't afford? Right. What's going on in this guy's life in his mind? But he's like, I, don't oh, know. I really need this insanely expensive thing now. Like, you, you're past more money than you'd ever need already. What, what's right. going on here, Jordan? What is really going on here? Let's discuss. Yeah, what's really going? What's really going on here? Did your movie not gross as much as you thought? <laughs> is your clothing Are line not performing as well as you hoped? Yeah. Are the residuals on this documentary not coming in like you were hoping? Did it not get picked up like by Netflix like you hoped at this point? Yeah. Was he thinking it was going to be TNT Saturday afternoons at least once a month? We can't turn away. We, I don't know. We, the new we all know TNT production. Saturday afternoon. Yeah, I was going to say we all know TNT <laughs> is uh, Saturday afternoons are uh, are designated for the Shawshank Redemption. Right. Exactly. Or various Twilight movies. Oh. That's my Saturday afternoon TNT viewing, for sure. I just think the Bills are an organization that doesn't divulge much to the media, and they're doing that here as well. So it's tough to read into Brandon Bean. Like, you, everything he says, you try to pick out. Like, you try to read between the lines and see if he slips up, and there are certain key words or, or phrases or mannerisms that he'll, he'll do. But, I mean, the guy is... He's got a good poker face. He's pretty stoic up there. So it's tough to get a read on him and what he's thinking. But I think Poyer's just too important of a piece on this defense to, to let go. But as I said on Bill's allergy on Built in Buffalo a week ago, I feel like they've been grooming the Poyer replacement for years now. Josh Whoa. Thomas, Demar Hamlin, Jaquan okay. Johnson. I like so, Demar Hamlin. Yeah, but all those guys are in the box. They're not center field kind of guys. Yeah. They're they're kind of get in the box, be aggressive, make tackles. Who have they brought in to replace Micah Hyde? Looking at the roster, looking at young guys here. Nobody, really. They're all strong safety Poyer spots, honestly. So yeah, but I feel like the Bills are preparing for this little. See, I don't I don't know. I, I kind of agree, but I also think to an extent, like, yeah, there's drafts and drafts between now and then. Like there's there's right. time to get these replacements in here. And those replacements right. are cost controlled. That's I'm just true. not that worried about it. <laughs> I mean you're thinking this. <laughs> 
I mean, even there's a good even cost with, control even with this. I mean, think, I mean, Trey White. We could have been saying last summer that well, if Trey White gets injured, you may as well just put the put this thing in the box. And then we were still the right. number one defense, and it was fine. I mean, I right. kind of think that maybe we're overselling what some of these members of the secondary are bringing and how good the depth is in the secondary room. And how good Bobby Babbage was is now no longer the secondary coach, but he's still around. Right. And uh, no, he's still here. And uh, the work that they're doing. Still a voice. Right. Yeah. No. I, yeah. I think I think they love their cost control players for sure. So, yeah. I mean, they can right. go many different ways. I think they have a lot of leverage here, like I said. So, when it, especially when it comes to the draft, I mean, they could they could draft they could draft a safety high. I could see that. They were talks a couple years back with them being interested in Kyle Duggar and Jeremy Chin and those kind of in the box safety guys, if you will. So, I mean, I could definitely see them going that way in rounds one or two or early in the draft. And we'll talk about that when we when we run our mock here in a little bit. Finally, the newest face on the block, Von Miller spoke uh despite a lawsuit in his ear <laughs> on his mind um it seems like he's taking to the city quite well nobody asked him if he's a drums or flats guy yet so that bothers me or if he's blue cheese or ranch these are the important questions we need to know tony that all the fans need to know of course because that's important but he did talk about how stefan diggs is recruiting him and joe hayden's being recruited by von miller so i'm loving this like connective tissue between hey we're a good organization and players that play for this organization going out and recruiting players to come play for this organization we never had that before i mean it was tough during years and years of drought to to sell the bills to a to a free agent or but now it seems like an easy easy task it, it reminds me of like entourage where like Vinny chase was a free agent and he goes to all those mar- goes to all these agencies and they all do like this very like spielberg grandiose presentation like trying to acquire Vinny chase as their client that's what the bills used to have to do and now they don't have to do that anymore it's just guys talking and being like hey von miller come check out the facilities loves the facilities loves the the personalities on the team hey joe hayden why don't you come play for the bills you know help us win a super bowl i'm loving just the simplicity of it I agree. I'm loving the I'm loving that Brandon Bean's job and his staff, the burden is off of them a little because half the work is already being done by the players. Uh, and I think that's a testament to the process and the culture is that, you know, it's we're here to win and we're here to win in terms of the way we practice, in terms of the way we prepare. But it's the overall mindset, whether we're at the facility or we're at Barbell, we're we're working it. We're trying we're moving towards the ring. Yeah. Exactly. Any other thing that stuck out to you during the Bills being back at one Bills drive, whether it's press conferences or on the field or just videos or word you heard from from these workouts? Anything else stick out to you? Uh, I'm loving the perpetuation of calling Isaiah McKenzie the face of the franchise. (laughs) You're on board with this? Yeah. And you know what? He is the face of the franchise. He's going on America's Got Talent. Is that real? I think so. <laughs> I don't know what his talent uh, is because I know please, I know him please, as a football please, player. Back it up. I just thought Maybe that he's was a guest uh, judge. I don't know. Okay. Just First of all, like I'm a... disappointed that you didn't react to my beep beep beep. But second of all, I'm more <laughs> disappointed. I just thought that was back like another poor Photoshop that like we did or something or someone allegoric to us. Are you calling our Photoshop's poor? <laughs> I mean, are you calling our Photoshop? Take away, poor? Marv. <laughs> hey, no, I mean I. <laughs> I just, yeah, I mean, I just thought I didn't, I didn't think that was real. You, you think that he's going on America's Got Talent? Yes, it, it was like an article. It says Buffalo Bills player to perform on America's Got Talent. Oh, I didn't see that link. I just, I only saw the graphic. And then I moved on. I saw the graphic as right. well. You know, look into it. Hmm. 
So we I think he's a contestant. I think he is a contestant. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> like the, mm. the weird thing is the flightiness of this whole thing is all the all the media outlets say he's going on America's Got Talent to be a contestant to perform. No outlet has what his talent is or what he's going to do on that stage, which I'm very curious to know. What is Isaiah McKenzie's talent? We know he's he's pretty funny. I don't know if he could do stand up comedy, but he's pretty funny. He's a very charismatic personality. Uh, he's a good dancer based on his touchdown celebrations. He can move a little and, uh, he owns a barbecue joint in Miami. Like that's kind of all I know about Isaiah McKenzie. Is he a good singer? Like, does he juggle? Mm. Like what, what do you think his talent could be here? Well, I think I've established his talent, man. He's the face of the franchise. He's just going to like, he's just going to go up there and like blue steel it. Just look into the, the camera deeply. He's, he's, he's the face of the franchise. What about this? Don't you get <laughs> I need context. To this. Simon. Hi, Simon. What does that mean? I'm the face of the franchise. Oh my gosh, man. I, I swear <laughs> hit, to you. Hit the, hit the golden buzzer. F A C E. He's the face of the franchise. He just walks out on stage, gets on the mic, motions for the camera to zoom in on his face, and says, I'm Isaiah McKenzie. I'm the face of the franchise. That's that's a stick. You're looking at the face of the franchise, and that is it. Drops the mic and walks off. He's going to Vegas with that talent. (laughs) Easily. (laughs) Who wouldn't? I would say Isaiah McKenzie is. Like, I think that it has to be a personality driven talent. Like, is it stand up comedy? I don't know. But is it my, my biggest fear is that I just don't want him to go up there and get some exes. I don't want him to embarrass himself. I don't want him to be like, well, the story is I play for the Bills. And that's what like gets him in there so that they can do, you know, a segment on him. And then he goes up there and then it's just like terrible. That's not what I want. Right. I don't think he can walk back into that locker room if he gets X across the board. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The NFL locker room, I mean, he would would get just destroyed, right? Yeah, come on. And I mean, consider this. John Dorenboss was already on America's Got Talent twice. Very talented magician. Absolutely. We're talking about two bills on America's Got Talent. That's got to be a record. (laughs) I think that is in terms of NFL players. I think that's a record. I think it's a record. (laughs) Yeah. I think that is a record. Bills represented on three seasons of AGT. I oh, that's big. like where this is going, baby. <laughs> Buffalo Bills talent show on public access locally. That would right. be good. Don't don't teams do that for rookies? They do like talent shows. If uh, I, I if I sometimes... learned anything from Hard Knocks, that's like a thing, right? Yeah, I remember. I remember the Browns had that going on. And I also remember, wasn't there a special that like, there was like hidden talents and it was someone from every team. And we had uh, Yarbrough playing the ukulele on TV. Steady Eddie Yarbrough? Yeah. I I remember this. Oh, wow. We're going to have to look this up. I do not remember this, but I'm very intrigued. And there was like, I remember there were like three players that were like drumming. I remember this. This was an hour of television at some point. Wow. It was was someone from every team. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll hit up our friend Bill's VHS. See if he has that in his library. Wow. I would love to see a Bill's talent show. Some of my favorite like non-football related segments is when they're walking off the field and there's like a question for them to answer. Like, what's the goat cereal? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I do like that. I, I, lo- I just love to see the players interacting like that. So anytime they're in a non-football setting, whether it's on the field or in press conference, like just them being themselves. And some of, some of that's, the, that's some of the best content when they're dancing at practice, mm-hmm. when they're, you know, answering the questions. So I would be all about a Bill's centric talent show get on the schedule get on the schedule uh tony that's all i have from one bills drive shout out to alex carrington hope he's doing well uh (laughs) call back from last week Uh, we got 
<laughs> Who R.I.P.? Oh, Avril Lavigne. Daryl LaMonica? Oh, Avril Lavigne. <laughs> I thought he said Daryl LaMonica, which he did. Oh, no. <laughs> he did pass away recently. Um, R.I.P. Daryl LaMonica and Avril Lavigne, OG. Avril Lavigne. Tony, we got one week till the draft, though. Are you ready to talk about some defensive targets, defensive side of the ball, and do a mock draft? What do you say? My garage has been revamped into the war room. We are ready. <laughs> the war room. All right. We will be back after the break. Go, go, Bills fight, Bills go. Come on, let's win for Buffalo. And we are back, Tony. Round two of our mock drafts. We focused on offensive players last week. We focused on defense this week, targeting some guy or picking out some guys, highlighting some guys we want the Bills to target or we like the Bills to target. Running, of course, our mock draft simulator on the draft network. We got it going here already. And Tony, with the 25th pick, who is a guy you want the Bills to target here? It could be available. The available guys right now in terms of the defensive side, you got Devin Lloyd, linebacker, who we mentioned last week, or I mentioned last week, a guy I really like. Cornerback Andrew Booth Jr., Right before the Bills picked in this mock simulation, Daxton Hill, safety of Michigan, was taken. Kair Elam from Florida, cornerback, taken. Tony, any of these guys sticking out to you in terms of who you would like the Bills to take at 25 here? Mm. Well, as you know, Matt, my sort of philosophy, my, my head says take a defensive player as we are doing this week in this exercise with the first pick that we have uh, later this week. But as you know, my heart says Oh man, just go offense with all these offensive weapons that are out there. Uh, but to sure. me, if we are going defense on a defense like ours that has that is so deep in so many ways, in 10 out of 11 ways, I feel like we're just so rock solid. The number one defense coming off of last season. But right. if we are going defense at first, to me, there's an obvious choice to fill an obvious hole. Sticking out like a sore thumb. His name is Andrew Booth Jr. out of Clemson. It's a it seems like it's a match made in heaven. The Buffalo News said it was a match made in heaven. If you want to buy into what that pinko Kami rag has to say, and it's really feels like if it is all going to come together, he seems like the right fit for us. He's a versatile guy. I love his performance of the combine showing off his fluid hips. And he is very much, uh, to me, he's the Stephen Cohen of this draft, not showing off, not falling behind. <laughs> Just like another late first round cornerback that we had on the team named Trey White was just smart guy, solid guy, pretty good at everything, is capable, is versatile enough to do man and zone, which is great for our system where he might have to do a little bit of both. And we have that glaring need with the loss of it. So it seems like a guy uh, like that can bring a little physicality to the position. I love his athleticism. I love his there's a, there's a nice foundation, right? There's, yeah. there's a nice foundation to where he is physically. And then you lay that foundation, put that foundation in our facilities, and he's just going to have a crazy, good, strong, healthy, compact body. And I, he looked great in red, white, and blue. So if we're going defense, I I'll, I'd love to sit in the booth, not a table. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, no, I am a huge fan of Andrew Booth. I put on Twitter this past week, the more I watch him, Andrew Booth, the more I read up about him, the more I'm hoping he's there for the Bills and that the Bills take him at 25. You're right. He seems like the complete package, completely sc scheme diverse. His profile says he offers a exciting 
blend of size, athleticism, instincts, physicality, ball skills. He seems just like the complete package, a guy who's pro ready right now. And, and the one thing I do love that I've read about him is he's got the dog label already. Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, giving Taron Johnson the dog label. I love when players have the dog label on them. They're dogs. All I read about Andrew Booth is how a fiery competitor he is, how he plays with that alpha mentality. And, and that's a guy who I think you can you can plug and play right away. And if, if you watch any highlights of Andrew Booth, him making incredible plays, showing off his instincts. There's one, I forget who the opponent was, but he does the Odell Beckham where he's like leaning at a Cirque du Soleil type of angle and making a one-handed grab. He just seems like the complete package, a guy who, who I really like, who I think is perfect for the Bills, who is perfect for the process, uh, perfect for the culture of the organization. He played at Clemson, high level, high level competition throughout his career in college. So Andrew Booth Jr. would definitely be my pick here. I love Devin Lloyd, as I mentioned, but and I'm going to talk about it in a little bit here. There's some mid-round linebackers who I think who tickle my fancy, who, who I'm liking the more I see of them. So I think I'm going to pass. Yeah, on I know why. Oh, his name's not Jojo Doman, even though I do like Jojo, but I have some others in mind. <laughs> But Kair Elam from Florida, another guy I really like. I don't know if he's completely worthy of that first round pick, but if he falls to the second round for whatever reason, I think he's a viable candidate for a second round pick and for the Bills. I, I like his game. I just think guys like Andrew Booth, both the cornerbacks from Washington, if they're there, offer better skill sets uh, for what the Bills are looking for, <laughs> especially with Trey White's injury and kind of the uncertainty of he's rehabbing, he's looking good, but an ACL is no injury to just, you know, put some ice and, and rice it up a little and be fine with. So ice I, and rice. I love it. Ice and rice. Ice is part of rice. Rest, ice, compression, elevation. Is that it? Ah, that's yeah, what you meant. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but do like Andrew Booth a ton the thing with the cornerbacks is Bean has never, besides Trey White, but that was at like the inception of the Bean era when you needed a, a true number one, Bean has never had the track record of investing heavily in a CB2. And maybe this year's different because maybe he's not investing in a CB2. Maybe he's investing in a CB1B and Trey White's CB1A because of the uncertainty of Trey White's injury. So I, I think this, if there's any year where a cornerback could be a first pick, it could be this year, or it might not be. He might stay on his, you know, his MO of picking up a, a, a replacement veteran guy after the draft here, whether it's Joe Hayden, as we mentioned, Von Miller recruiting Joe Hayden or, you know, Jack Rabbit Jenkins, any of these guys out there. Maybe he goes that route, but if there's a year where Bean invests heavy capital into the cornerback position, I think it's this year in terms of, of draft stock. So I could see that happening. Uh, there's some edges on here who George Karlaftis, I, I, don't, I don't really care for. I don't think they go edges early. They have too many young guys at edge. They just added Von Miller. Boy Mafi is, is a guy from Minnesota. I think he's just too raw of a prospect at this point. I wouldn't invest a first round pick in him. I think cornerback or safety is the way to go here. I think secondary is the way to go here. I mentioned Daxon Hill, a guy I really like out of Michigan. Instinctual, can play that if you're talking about potentially losing Jordan Poyer, can be a direct replacement for Jordan Poyer, plays the same type of style. And then a guy they actually have brought in for a visit, Louis Cine from Georgia as a safety. So maybe safety is the route to go. Brandon Bean did say during his press conference that I think he has like only 20 guys 
he's labeled as first round talent or given first round grades to. So, you know, maybe he he trades down if, if the board doesn't fall the way he wants it to, or maybe he trades up if it's not looking that way. So there's a lot of things the Bills could do, but I think secondary is the way to go in this first round. I agree. It's got to be secondary. That's where the value is. And that's where every, everything else comes with supplemental players that might even be a better fit later on in the draft, even the next day, even in round two. So to me, it's just like, yeah, if you're going to go defense, you got to go secondary. That's where need meets value the best for where we are in this position. And there's a lot of secondary, I mean, cornerbacks, especially that I, I like that could be in there in the second round. Roger McCreary out of Auburn, really like him. Tariq Woolen uh, is another cornerback I really like who who could fly under the radar because he went to a smaller school. So I love Tariq Woolen, but I think that that's like the only one that I like for the second round. Okay. I'm just like sour on every everybody else who's not Tariq. Or maybe a guy like Derek Sinja Jr. from LSU falls because of his injuries. I would love to to scoop him up if if teams are worried about injury, him being injury prone. I mean, that's another guy, cornerback position who who I would love. I think that guy is talk about alpha mentality. I think he's got right. it in spades. So yeah, I think so you're saying the first round. So you're saying these, but like if we're talking about going defense to some of those other needs, the other perceived needs that I would say it's much stronger and deeper in the draft into day two of the draft. Like linebacker, for example, is basically what I'm thinking of. I love so yeah. many of the day two linebackers that it's like, well, why not just go secondary first? Cause you know, you, you might have a buffet of day two linebackers that that are all going to be sufficient and you can bring that uh your plate from the buffet of day two linebackers back to your booth is that is that if if we're talking like mid-round guys day two guys is that the primary position you're looking at is linebacker right now uh i mean on the defensive side but no i want offensive i want some offensive fun fun studs but yeah i mean on the defensive side i would I i feel like i like what i'm seeing in the on the defensive line so i but i am missing what aj klein in his role would have been could have been he, I, you know i think he was more than just a backup so i'm definitely looking at that uh at line at a linebacker on day two and i think yeah. that they are too if if their visits indicate anything because they have brought in some day two linebackers for visits they brought in Chad and muma from wyoming they brought in uh nick benito from oklahoma i think that's very much a possibility that they can bring in a day two linebacker. Tony, going into the second round here, we take Andrew Booth, of course, because we both agree on that in the first round, shoring up our CB2. And Dave Jackson can hold down the fort for Trey until he's ready to come back. And I'm totally okay with that because I thought Gene, Dane Jackson was performed very adequately, if, if not probably a little better than I was expecting coming in for Trey late last season. And the defense, you as you mentioned, did not miss a beat. So I think Andrew Booth is the pick here. Uh, loving it. Moving on to round two. If we're sticking with corner or if we're sticking with defense, I mean, there's some names here. Brees Hall is on here. A guy who it seemed like Bean was indirectly talking about. Maybe it was just the running back position in general in terms of having a guy who's dynamic and versatile and can offer a lot of not only in the running game, but the passing game. So Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker are the first two guys at the top of the board here. And Mel Kuyper's best available, if you will. We want to focus on defense this week, but there's guys we can talk about um, moving on. I mean, do we take one of these running backs, Isaiah Spiller as well, or do we do we hold true to our uh, original notion and take a, a back-to-back defensive players in the first two rounds here? If I'm the GM here in my garage war room and the draft is falling this way and I'm seeing Brees Hall is available after I just took Andrew Booth, I feel I'm like I'm going to take Brees Hall. Yeah, yeah. I, yes. I feel like I'm going to take Brees Hall. That's going right. to happen. You mean, I, I, I really gonna... like Brees Hall. 
I do too. I do too. And you're getting what the draft network ranks as a 42nd player with the 57th pick. I think that's very good value as well. I would be running to the podium if Brees Hall was available. We just took our cornerback in round one. I think that's as good of uh, good of a first two rounds as you could have hoped for if you're a Bills fan or Brandon Bean in that yeah. in that respect. So um, I think we would take Brees Hall here as well. It seems to be the notion. But if you want to consider defense, there's a couple mid-round linebackers uh, are ranked in the top 100 here who I really like. And they had Chad Muma in from Wyoming, as you mentioned. But it's a couple of guys I like even more. I like Leo Chanel from Wisconsin. I mean, the guy is an athletic freak, led the Badgers in both sacks and tackles for losses in 2020 and 2021 as a linebacker. Just really, really good blitz heavy defender, really good in the box, really enforcer type, just makes his presence known on the field. So definitely a lead by example player. Kind of reminds me of Luke Keekley a little. <laughs> we always want to get the comparison to Luke Keekley when uh, we're talking about Sean McDermott and the Bills defense. And, you know, Leo Chanel's giving me those vibes. I also really like Darian Beavers out of Cincinnati. 9.6 Raz score. Leo Chanel, by the way, 9.99 Raz score. 4, 5, 40, 35 on the bench. Press, I mean, the guy's an animal. So I would be very happy happy with Leo Chanel in the mid rounds, even third round, if he fell that way. Darian Beaver's another guy. Really like him because just like Devin Lloyd from Utah, a converted linebacker, he played wide receiver and safety in high school. So he has a different feel for the linebacker position, but seemed like a do-it-all player. Obviously, Cincinnati, one of the best defenses in the country. Uh, a lot of guys will be drafted from that defense this year. So uh, those are two guys in the mid rounds. If we're looking at possibly a trade Edmonds replacement, we're looking at possibly this year right away, an AJ Klein replacement in terms of depth. Those are two guys I really like from the linebacker position. Tony, mid rounds. I think I think we're going to take Brees Hall here. Uh, let's, let's get that out of the way. So Brees Hall is going to oh. be our pick. This oh, we're just round. doing that. Okay. We're, we'll just do it. But in terms of some mid round guys specifically, who are a couple guys you like? I know you mentioned in the past, Jojo Doman, obviously. Uh, uh, one linebacker well, I do not. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. I like, by the way, I do not like Troy Anderson from Montana State. Okay. And getting okay. I, I, is that the guy you're gonna say you like? I was gonna bring him up. I'm just getting like defensive Taysom Hill vibe. The idea of Taysom Hill is great. I don't think Taysom Hill is very good at anything he does. He's like Brad Smith. It's like, yeah, the idea of Brad Smith is great. He's this wild card, wildcat quarterback, and he's super athletic and he can play wide receiver and you can line him up in the backfield, all this stuff. And Brad Smith was just pretty much bad overall. I'm getting that. I, I get that with Taysom Hill. 
Like, I don't think he's very good. And the Saints pay him like he's like this superstar. But I'm getting that with Troy Anderson. Yeah, he's a really good athlete. That's very clear. I just think he, I mean, he played running back in college. He played linebacker. I mean, you can put him anywhere. That's clear. But he's just kind of okay at everything, in my opinion. I watch tape on him. I'm not that impressed, honestly. And coming from Montana State, and not to discredit small schools, but if you're looking pretty good against Montana State opponents, I don't know if you're going to look as good against NFL caliber opponents. I'm not a Troy Anderson fan at this point. Well, here's where we differ. Because for my money, what am I looking for in an AJ Klein replacement? I'm looking for someone who can be the Swiss army knife that AJ Klein was in that he can play both linebacker positions if needed, because it's not like we have a great injury history for either one of our linebackers. And it's, I mean, not that anything with like severe has happened, but you know, they go out and also someone who's going to really contribute on special teams. And to me, that's what Troy Anderson is bringing with the athleticism and versatility that you mentioned and the football IQ that you mentioned coming in as a former running back and, you know, someone who also played quarterback as a super good athlete. Like to me, having another guy in there who's going to be able to serve as that backup and just kind of be like someone you can plug in and is going to have the skills for various positions, that of course is going to be uh, something that I value. And I think that the Bills value that too. Um, We've proven and shown that the Bills value that position versatility and how useful it can be, uh, especially with, especially with uh, a player that you're going to bring in as someone with depth. Now, Matt, you know who else has position versatility? Jojo Doman. (laughs) Shocking. I didn't think he'd say it, but. Now, this is what makes me a little afraid about the idea of Jojo Doman waiting too long on Jojo is that Jojo Doman is going to fall. It's kind of like a weird, this is why we could really go anywhere. Like his range is so wide, both in terms of his sideline and sideline ability and in terms of his draft stock. His range is so wide because his injury pass makes him fall and is going to kill his value, Mm -hmm. but his position versatility is also going to raise his value. And I think that we've seen, there's always a lot of, there's always more than a few teams that want to bite and bite hard on those players that are hybrid players that can do, you know, like safety and linebacker. And it works out rarely. They usually have pretty nice careers, but nothing like no one ever becomes a star. And I think that's fine. Like, I think that's kind of, I feel like what uh, the role that I want to fill I feel like this is kind of like what we're what we're trying to fill in here in terms of like what I said in the AJ Klein role of he's good enough in coverage. Well, Doman's way better in coverage than AJ Klein was. He can also fill in at the Mike spot and he can also fill in at the safety spot or the or the nickel spot when the situation arises and someone has to fill in in a pinch, not necessarily because of injury, but just because of, you know, circumstance, because of the looks the offense is giving us. And that kind of versatility, if they're trying to trick us, wait, does Jojo Doman add like another layer that you're not going to get the mismatches that you were hoping for with Jojo on the team, with Jojo in the mix? So I like that. Uh, I like his speed. I like his position versatility. I like his coverage ability. His relentless competitiveness is how they put it. Obviously, the thing to be scared off by is his, his re- lack of reliability. Um, But to that, Mm -hmm. I say he's not going to be an every down linebacker, especially early on. He's also going to one of the best training facilities slash sports medicine facilities in the league. So if there was a circumstance uh, for him to go into that's going to set him up for success, it would be in Western New York. I'm not saying you have to take him in the second round, but we're just talking mid rounds in general, I thought. But it does kind of worry me. I was like, oh, maybe someone will take him in the second round. And I don't want to sleep on him if that's the case. Or maybe we're going to take him in the second round. I don't know. I kind of don't feel like he's even 
even on our radar, but I know I really like him. Um, <laughs> right. In that I, I feel like he's I feel like he's not going to be taken in the second round either. Oh, okay, I think if yeah. anything, teams are going to uh, be put off by his size. He's not the biggest guy in the world. He's like 220-something. Yeah, I mean, he's he's got to add some weight, especially in his upper body. But I mean, that's, you know, that's fixable. Special. That happens with that happens with diet and exercise and, and getting... Is it? Uh, is it? Circum- tell, it to, tell it to Keith Ellison, Tony. <laughs> is it fixable? Keith Ellison, Keith Ellison didn't have the facilities that the Bills have now. Okay. <laughs> Keith Ellison didn't have... Oh, I agree. Keith Ellison wasn't, didn't have Sean McDermott forcing and force-feeding organic ketchup down his throat. So to me, there's, you know, there's a lot more opportunity, accountability, access that is going to be taking place uh, for these players to be set up for success. If there's a physical trait that is fixable and needs to be fixed, I'm like, I don't, I don't fear that or worry about that at all. I'm definitely more worried about his knees. Right, right. <laughs> In that sense, I don't know. I don't really think he's on our radar, but I, but a guy can hope because I like that. He was also on Good Morning Football this week, and Good Morning Football did a little bit of a segment about interesting names in the draft. Felt it was a little invasive. Whatever. Dealing our ideas. Uh, Thanks, Good Morning Football. Yep. They they did not even mention. Guessing they didn't give us credit. (laughs) They didn't give us credit, and they didn't mention smoke. Unbelievable. But unbelievable. What their segment was is that they made up a bunch of names and you had to identify which ones were real. And Jojo Doman right. was only identified by one of them as as a real person. Most of them did not think Jojo Doman was a real person. Uh, but then they brought him in for an interview and he seemed pretty processed. He seemed pretty processed oh, to me. Boy. Uh, you know, a lot of the right answers. He did seem, his personality vibe was a little bit, I mean, you could tell he was in his early 20s. He had like right. shades of Gronk in his personality. Uh, oh, but he was, but I, and, oh, like a man child. I like that, you know. Yeah, I mean, a gregarious guy who, you know, had a good personality and a million dollar smile. And he's also set up for success. Something I didn't know. His father is a longtime career NFL agent. Oh. And so he's set up. So he's set up well. good that way. And his yeah. mother um, is also in uh, the sports field. I don't, it's escaping what it is. It's not sports medicine, but it's something else where like she works with NFL players. So that, that whole team uh, behind him, I can, I could see. Team Doman. Yeah. Team Doman. And, and of course, you know, if there's a fourth member of team Doman, it's me because I'm a super fan. <laughs> But honorary member, <laughs> right? Yeah, honorary member. I've never spoken to the man, <laughs> but uh, but I, I definitely have him on my radar on day two, all over the place. And I'm interested to see where he goes. I, I got my fingers crossed for us. Oh, okay. You, I mean, you, you make a compelling case, Tony. Obviously, every time for Jojo Doman, <laughs> a guy I mentioned I really like during Beavers is still available here. Uh, if you're looking at linebackers, Troy Anderson, of course, still available. Channing Tyndale from Georgia. We mentioned the stout Georgia defense. Maybe you go inside defensive line, Zach. Zach Carter from Florida. Darian Mathis, a guy I really like from Alabama. Good with his hands. Good technique. Good good in that way as well. So, yeah, what were you going to ask, Tony? What do you think about going back-to-back? Back-to-back Ooh, CBs. Back-to-back CBs. What do you think about getting Andrew Booth and Tariq Woolen on the stand? I mean, I would be... That's a, that's a tough one. Just Trey's under contract for a while. I'm not a, in favor of doing that because if you're investing that high of draft capital a la mm-hmm. second round pick like I want that guy playing that guy should be starting right like he should be getting the amount of snaps that like 75% or more he should be starting and especially in the secondary like those guys get 95 to 100% of snaps they don't usually come off the field it's not like the rotation uh, McDermott implements on on the defensive line or anything like that so if you have Trey White and you have Andrew Booth 
taking up 95% of the staffs and Taron Johnson as your nickel. I don't think there's any room for the ROI doesn't like pan out for me unless you're just looking for an insurance policy. If you're really not sure Trey White's recovery is going to be full or if if you're just doubling down on, okay, we like Andrew Booth, but you know we're not too sure. I don't know. I don't know. I, I wouldn't do it. And I couldn't see the Bills ever doing it either. I mean, they did go back-to-back defensive ends, but that was a need, a, a positional need last year. So that was warranted in my opinion. So I, I just don't think they're that desperate at cornerback as they were last year with defensive end to, to warrant back-to-back cornerback. Do you? I think that if they do, if they were to go back to back, and I do say this based on what happened last year, how we got, how we went for two defensive ends and we went for two tackles. I I do see even last year, I was heavily concerned going into last season with the cornerback depth. I'm like, well, we're one injury away from disaster. And then it ended up being okay because Dane Jackson was good. And so, and, uh, and so that seemed fine, but I'm also still now, now we're even a man. Now we're even two men down. We're two starters down at least to start the season uh, with Mm -hmm. this. And so to me, I'm, if you're going to say, if you're putting your eggs into the basket of this is our best chance we're we're going for it this year we're we're taking home runs or we're you know we're swinging for the fences on this year then i think you do it and because to say to say well then andrew booth and this other person are potentially potentially starting or dane jackson is in the mix of starting so i think it says what you think of dane jackson and i think he's good but i think it's also like well now the position and the depth is is even more fragile and so I'm like, uh, I, I mean, I would sleep a lot better at night knowing all of a sudden that our least deep position and a position that's extremely important is now one of our most deep positions and a position that's extremely important. I maybe would feel good about it depending on who else was there. If there's no other value right. there and it's just like we're going back to back CVs, I, I think I, I could be kind of sweet on that idea. Yeah, but then if you, if you do that and Dane Jackson beats out one of those guys for a starting role, it's like you just wasted a pick pretty much because you still have Dane Jackson on oh, two years disagree. of rookie deal. <laughs> disagree. Disagree. They're going to they're gonna see time on the field easily. It's going to be there. That's going to happen. We, we, we had, I mean, four and five wide receiver sets happen all the time. The, to have someone in there, to have spot injuries take place, I, I think to, to have that be that solid, I mean, I don't know. I, I think it's... I think it's worth it to invest in there. And I mean, <laughs> you we were also talking about at the beginning of the show, the idea of Joe Hayden, if that recruitment comes to fruition, and then we have Joe Hayden, it's not like you're going to be saying, don't draft a cornerback all of a sudden. We're obviously still going to be thinking we should draft a cornerback. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Joe Hayden would be on a well, there you go. Deal, right? Yeah. So, I mean, again, think of it that, as but that's... in the sense of it's all about this year and going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. So I think of it as everything, I, everything I, is I, one year because it's all for this year. I will kill myself if it doesn't happen. I, I don't appreciate your disrespect of Elijah Griffin right now. <laughs> That's what I'll have to say about well, this. <laughs> okay, fine. Think of it. Fine. <laughs> Tony, who are we taking here with our available? Oh. Are we both in agreement with JoJo? I like Darian Beavers. You like other guys. I you won't like even Pindarian say their Mathis names. <laughs> Troy Anderson. I don't want to say Troy Anderson's name because I don't like him. I like Channing Tindale. He's fine. I do like Tyndale. Um, he's fine. That's how I think of him too. I like I like Fendarian Mathis. I think he's he could be a nice nice young prospect inside yeah. defensive lineman. He's interesting. Um, I agree. He's interesting. Who, who do we go with here? Hmm. To me, I have it down between, and I'm saying this obviously like to sort of satisfy the room in our collaboration here. I have it down yeah. between the Georgia linebacker and JoJo. I do like Channing right. Tyndall. Okay, I I like him too. So I think we'll go Channing Tyndall here. 
Okay. Was a full-time starter, good athlete. I mean, he just seems like a solid. Seems like AJ Klein. <laughs> yeah. High-level football seems, IQ, yeah. solid. We're, we're getting our AJ Klein replacement here. That's fine by me. Right. We'll go that way. Moving on to round four. Anybody on this big board you see, we got our guy, Matt Areza, punter, top of the board. A couple of edge prospects. Alex Wright out of UAB, small school guy, but you know I, I, I've liked things I've read about him. Uh, one guy I really like, thought he stood out at the Senior Bowl. Uh, I don't think I'm going to pronounce his name right, but my Jai Sanders, my guy, my Jai, my Jai Sanders, edge out of Cincinnati again. Look at that. We, we love the Cincinnati defense around here, I guess, but just guy with a really quick first step. I mentioned in past podcasts about being kind of taking, forming his defensive edges in, in a certain way. Greg Rousseau, Boogie Basham, AJ Epinesa, guys who maybe aren't the greatest twitch guys, but have great length, great technique great effort and high motors. Now I'm getting a guy of if my if my J Sanders is the pick here and he'd be my pick if I were GM, if I were Brandon Bean. Uh now I'm getting a guy who gives me something different than those other guys. Um I'm getting a quick twitch off the snap guy and a guy who can truly be the protege to Von Miller's mentorship. So uh same kind of player just jump in the snap, speed edge rusher. Bevy of moves, spin moves, hand technique, things just good, good overall package, but offering you something different than the Greg Rousseau's and the AJ Epinesis of the world. So um, I like that as well. A couple of running backs on the board. Kyron Williams out of Notre Dame, I think is a great change of pace back. Can offer something different from Singletary. Alec Pierce, wide receiver out of Cincinnati, is a guy who seems to be moving up the draft boards. Great possession receiver, really big body. Uh, really came on last year as well. So uh, I think we should just draft all the Cincinnati guys. Uh, Kobe Bryant is also on here. Uh, Cincinnati had a good year. What can I say? Tony, anybody sticking out to you? Uh, you? You took a lot of the words out of my mouth. I'm really noticing here about how about Cincinnati, this is like, this is their the meat on their bone right now at this point in the draft. Right. And I do agree with you. I, I like a lot of these guys. I like also like Damian Pierce as a running back potentially for us. If we're looking to add yep. a, add someone else in the running back room uh, for it. But to me, on, the, on what I'm looking at in terms of where the value is here, there is a name that's sticking out like a sore thumb. Uh, and it's, it's Alec Pierce to get Alec Pierce in the fourth would be, I'd be so thrilled, um, with that. And especially with the way that the rest of our draft has fallen here, uh, this afternoon, Alec Pierce, big, long guy, huge depth guy. Cause he is an insane burst. He has great speed. Uh, freakish speed and freakish athletic ability for his size reminds me in some ways of like, you know, what Gabe Davis could be bringing to the table. And now Gabe Davis moves up. So, and this is his role. This is his spot uh, coming in as the fourth wide receiver. So Alec Pierce feels right. Um, feels right in there. Huge wingspan, great ball skills, just like a bill, good at everything. And so, I mean, I for, for him to fall this far, I think that he's a guy that is kind of lost in the wide receiver conversation because of how deep it is. But at this point, I would be thrilled to have Alec Pierce on the team. Um, I think that that's, I think that's, that's my vote. Yeah, yeah, he does. The the way it reads is very much Gabe Davis like, and you know, mm-hmm. good mix of size, speed, ball skills, uh, deceptive route running. Like Gabe Davis doesn't from the naked eye look like a great route runner but he's kind of deceptive in, in his route running. So uh, I think this would be a great, great hands Davis for both gonna, of them. Yep. Great hands. So I think if Gabe Davis is going to plug into the number two role and you need a, a Gabe Davis replacement for the number four role, I think Alec Pierce is, is a great replacement for that. So I would be very happy with that pick. So I think anybody from Cincinnati here, whether it's Kobe Bryant, Alec Pierce, 
or Maja Sanders would be great picks. But I think we can agree on Alec Pierce here. Make it happen. Make it happen, Captain. That's your dad. Moving on. Yeah, that's my dad. <laughs> Moving on to the fifth round. I did want to mention before, a couple picks before our fourth round pick and Alex Pierce here. Uh, Brandon Smith, a linebacker out of Penn State, was taken. Not a fan of his. Reminds me way too much of Aaron Maven. Very athletic. Seems to be on the skinnier side. And maybe that's not true weight-wise, but just looking at him, he looks like he's on the skinnier side. And very raw as a prospect. I mean, guy who produced in college to a degree, but just very raw. It doesn't seem like he's he's gonna he's gonna take time. And I'm getting very bad air maven vibes. And that's not only just because they both went to Penn State. So I would not even like sniff Brandon Smith. Um just just not my just not who I'm liking. Uh Tony, but moving on to the fifth round, Matt Arays is still on there. <laughs> we know and I think everybody who does a mock draft on you know Bill's Twitter has picked Matt Arays into the Bills in some regard. Uh, anyone else you're seeing here? I mean, Pierre Strong, I think the guy you mentioned before. Lictus Smith, I think I'm pronouncing it right. Lictus, <laughs> Lictitious Smith inside offensive lineman from Virginia Tech. Stood out to me when I was doing my research as a guy who I was one of the Bills to target in the later rounds, maybe UDFA if he falls far enough. But Tony, I am getting a lot of Jason Peters vibes because this is a guy who converted from tight end to offensive lineman. So he has the athleticism. I would not be mad at that pick as a developmental guy. Maybe he needs a year or two to to learn the NFL game, to get an NFL workout program in his regimen or on, under his belt. I mean, the athleticism's there. The strength is there. I just think he needs to learn how to play the position a little more. But converting from tight end, I'm getting Jason Peters vibes, and that worked out pretty well for the Bills for a short period, and then they didn't pay him, and then it worked out for – the Eagles and winning the Super Bowl and every other team he went to. So I, I really like that pick uh, uh, in terms of offensive line. I like Pierre Strong as well, wide, uh, running back out of South Dakota State. Matt Areza as well. Tony Smoke Monday's on there, our guy, <laughs> our GOAT name of the draft. Uh, anyone else stand out here to you in terms of who you, who you like? Uh, well, I do like Jerome Ford, but we already got our running back. Right. Uh, here's why I like here's why I like Smith, who you discussed. And if you're pronouncing his name correctly, look at us. That opens the door for the Paul Rudd meme and Jeff to just go crazy. <laughs> right. Hey, hey, look at us, Smith. Just all just hey, the Twitter, the domination on Twitter that would come uh, from there. If you're pronouncing his name correctly and his name is look at us. Then I like how that would open up. I like the I like the floodgates of culture that that would open up. Um, but I do think right, that here is the time correctly. Um, the two people that you kind of talked about the most are the two people I had my eye on. Is how early is too early for a Reza? And right. this is also a time where I want um, an interior offensive lineman to be drafted. So I do like. Do you, do you think I we can like sit seven, seventeen picks on a Reza? Do you think he'll be there seventeen picks from now? That's the big question. <sighs> See, that's because that's the big that is the big question here. And I'm looking at, see, I'm what what team is bold enough? I mean, I'm looking at the Raiders with two back to back picks coming up. That feels like a Raiders move to take a punter early. Uh, I think. I mean, if if you're asking me, I think that it's probably the smarter pick to go Smith. But I also think that if we really want a Raza, then now is the time. Just don't don't <laughs> jerk around about it. <laughs> he had a cough but twice before that. <laughs> yeah. That was very, I mean, I, I don't think it was intentional, but it was very fitting. <laughs> okay. Uh -huh. Before he said, jerk me around. You want to roll the dice of the razor here and maybe. Let's do it. Let's do it. Lickitus. Lickitus is get there. Someone in here is guaranteed later? to make the, yeah. Get someone in here who's guaranteed to make the team. 
<laughs> you are. We are so down on Hawk. It's not even funny. Uh, all right, Matt Areza, <laughs> welcome. Welcome two weeks in a row back to the Buffalo Bills. Oh, and look at this went. I think. Damn. Yeah. Damn it, Tony. And Smoke Monday oh. went too. Where we really screwed the pooch here. <laughs> Lost both our guys. Unbelievable. That's all right. Look at They're... this one. Three pick. Three picks <laughs> after. Mm-hmm. We have waited on a raise. We'll never know now until we do another mock draft simulation. But oh. <laughs> Tony, moving on to round six. Pierre Strong still up there, but you're right. We do have our running back in Brees Hall and Brees Hall, Singletary, Moss. Uh, Duke Johnson. I know you don't like Duke Johnson, but if that's your running back committee, that's perfectly fine by me. The guy I mentioned last week, who I like, Tree Castro Fields, quarterback out of Penn State here. Verone McKinley sticks out. I mean, as a as a, just an impact guy, if you can get a, like a guy who's will be a very good special teamer who could eventually replace and get into the fold in terms of strong safety with Demar Hamlin and Josh Thomas and and those guys, Jaquan Johnson and make it a numbers game and one of those guys has to hit. So anybody you're seeing here, Isaac Taylor Stewart again, cornerback out of USC. Any guys stick out here to you? Uh Romeo Dubes would be pretty good value right here, I think. I, I kind of like him. Uh I like Who? the idea. Scroll down a little bit. Romeo Dubes. Oh, Romeo Dubes. Mm-hmm. That's a great name. Yeah. And he we missed on some of the some uh names in our top names draft. Romeo Dubes. Yeah, I mean Big Cat Bryant. <laughs> Right. Might have to do a supplementary one for that. Supplemental draft on that one, yeah. I mean, look at the Dare, Dare Rosenthal. So Rosenthal, yeah. Yeah. So uh I do like that idea. I like just just on value there. I mean, even though we already have wide receiver going. Um, I do if we were talking about taking an interior defense or offensive lineman, uh, there's one available in Thayer Munford. So I mean, at least, you know, he's he's there. So <laughs> it might be might be a need meets a value situation, but I do agree. Name at Ohio Munford. State first style. Yeah, I like him. I do like uh the I do share that like with you with Tariq Castro Fields. And I know it's not back to back, but I do think that we're gonna end up with two corners uh by the end of by Sunday morning. So you know, and also like you think about Wild Goose, obviously, like he planned on having Wild Goose in there and now he's not there. So grab another, grab the next Wild Goose in the form of a sixth rounder. And um, so I, I, I could see Trey Casher Fields kind of helping out the cornerback depth here a little bit. I could see getting that interior lineman right now. Tree Castor Fields does bring a, a size to the position mm-hmm. coming in just around 200, 6'1, good length. Could it, I mean, if it doesn't work out a cornerback, is some concerns about and there's obviously concerns with any player in these later rounds here but specifically with three castro fields concerns about his quickness um his ability to adjust fluid hips things like that could this be an aaron williams situation where you know maybe he's not quick enough for you know he's fine he's a fine college college cb but maybe he's not quick enough for the nfl game and as a bigger body he's converted to safety and that really propels his career and he really makes a namesake for himself i mean i could i could see something like that for a guy this size for his ability and maybe his deficiencies as well so i wouldn't mind this as as a six round pick at, at all he's a guy i think that gives something we mentioned last week these later rounds just find one quality these guys have and let your coaches go to work coach them up find their role find their place on the team uh and i think treat castro fields offers great size that's his one good quality and you know the football stuff can come later so uh i would be okay with that pick if you uh want to go for it i'll green light it green light it of course the bills have two seventh round picks pick 203 
coming up next. Now we're just, I mean, again, it's throwing darts. I really like Charleston yeah. Rambo. Uh, I like, like Cynthia McCormick. I, I actually like name. Charleston Rambo as uh, I, I am just mo- ma- mo- mo- mainly going for good names here. No, uh, th- these are guys who I, I've run into. I actually like Tyler Algier. I think he's a good, pretty good running back out of BYU. Or again, I, I wouldn't mind seeing like a tight end prospects. You know, you get late in the draft here or, you know, a quarterback that we can groom under to be back up for Josh eventually. So I, I don't know, Tony, who who sticks out here to you at the top mm, of the draft? We I have- mean, Ryan Kendrick, Sincere McCormick, Chris Paul, great basketball player, Chris Paul, uh, right. Logan Bruce, Cade Mays, some in, in uh, some offensive linemen there. So I, I don't know. Isaac Taylor Stewart, I really like. He was, uh, we just drafted a cornerback, so I probably wouldn't be great with a back-to-back cornerbacks, but Isaac Taylor Stewart was first-team All-American, USA Today, high school track team, so very good athlete. I don't know. Anybody sticking out to you here? Charleston Rambo, I have seen. It's not just I love his name. I do love his name, but I've seen him on some like sleeper articles for late round picks. I would say, you know, like you said, we're throwing darts. You got to look, you got to think about who has the best chance of making the team more so in addition, I should say, in addition to where the talent lies. To me, right. you got to take one of these offensive linemen. Like that's where I think they have the best chance of making the team. Uh, all these other positions, it's white noise. It's even going to be white noise on the practice squad. Yeah, I, I think it's time for a big body. <laughs> Who are you going with? Uh, well, I do, I do Paul? like uh, Kel- Kellen Deesh, but yeah, Chris Paul yeah. is fine. Cade Mays is fine. They're all fine. Yeah, they're all fine. They're all projects. I, I would prefer uh, to go Chris- interior. So yeah, let's get Chris Paul in here. You can play a little Chris ball. Paul, four-year starter. Paul, four, four-year starter at Tulsa. Uh, probably played basketball too. A little ball, but um, of Nigerian descent. I'm reading into him a little here. Took an active role in various groups that promote racial equality. His volunteer efforts also extended to future alumni council, university ambassadors, student association. Seems like a good, good individual. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be mad at this at all. You're selling, you're selling me real hard right now. Yeah, no, I know. The more I read into him here. The more I, I think I'm liking him here. Chris Paul is a technician with his hands that does well to vary his strikes and activate them with good timing. Seems like a guy who hasn't played football that long either. Well, he's out there saving yeah, the he's world. About, he's a busy guy. <laughs> right. Right out there. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Chris Paul from the Phoenix Suns to the Buffalo Bills. Congratulations. And with our final pick here, 231, as we finish it out. Oh, there goes my guy, Charleston Rambo. Went at 225. Mm. Isaac Taylor Stewart, I mentioned him many times. Uh Stanley Barry Hill III, another great name we didn't mention for her name. Tra- I don't know, Tony, who 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 are you looking at here? Mm. Iowa cornerback uh, Matt I'm Hankins says, maybe... look and feel the potential steal of a potential wow. steal in the NFL draft. Ooh, I like that first sentence. I, see, I'd like to know what, what QBs are out there right now. I think there's I mean, a lot. This isn't a, camp a great body of QB. This isn't a great QB class. Um, yeah, I really like Malik Willis, but past that, you're looking at a lot of questionable guys. Desmond Ritter seems to be one of the best pocket presence quarterback, uh, maybe the most pro ready, but his accuracy is off. Kenny Pickett has small hands, like small, small hands, like Kristen Wig character SNL hands. Small. I, I just don't think this is a great draft for QBs. So again, if, if we are looking at QBs here, Brock Purdy, I know was very good at Iowa State. Um, yeah, he's got some buzz. Got some buzz. He got a lot of awards. Set a lot of passing records at mm-hmm. Iowa State. I go back to a kill glass. It's just a really good athlete. But other than that, I mean, you're you're looking at the project. You're looking at Levi Brown type seventh round picks here. 
in terms of projects, uh, I don't really like Justin Crum or Dustin Crum. See, I even got his name wrong. That's how much I don't like him. <laughs> never, never met a, never met a Dustin I love. So that doesn't bode well for Dustin Crum. Um, no. Doesn't have a strong arm. I mean, just looking at some of the. Some of the bullet points here for these guys. I, I, if we were to go quarterback, I'd probably go Akil Glass as we did last week, or Brock Purdy because I think those are probably the two guys that I, I feel like have at least a quality that I can develop. Um, so I don't know if any stick out to you in terms of quarterback. Uh, you could also go like a developmental edge guy here, like your guy, Myron Tagliavoa, Amosa, um, Ben Still, drop the R, very funny guy. Mm-hmm. Ben Still, um, Ben Still, I prefer Ben Stiller. Yeah. But right. of course, still not as good as Ben Still is. <laughs> he is the ist. He is the ist. Ben still, on the um, Ben Still spectrum, we're really swinging to the other side here. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Let me ask I, you a I question, also don't like. I also don't like when their profiles say, like, like they're labeled as an edge and their profiles say, he projects as like a completely different position. Like, <laughs> yeah. says he was an edge in college, but now he's going to be a defensive tackle or something. Like, I, I don't know. Those guys scare me a little, especially like late in the rounds. Like, do I want to invest my time into that project? What are you going to ask me though? So Matt, there's someone on my radar that's just as much of a good player as an a good idea, I think. And I'm curious to know, I, I think he's already been drafted in our exercise here. When did Damone Clark go? Can you just search? Why don't you just search it? There he is, one seventy-two. One seventy-two. Yeah, maybe we should have gotten him at one sixty-eight. Because I, I like yeah, the idea of you, taking you like Damone Clark. Clark at some point on day three. Well, he would be much higher. He has to get surgery, so he's going to be out next season. Right. So it's killing his but, draft stock. But normally he would be drafted much higher. So that could be another. That I think that'd be the way. If we're talking about increasing linebacker depth and maybe getting someone who's an heir apparent to a not resigned main Edmonds, uh, Damone Clark could be an interesting idea because he's not going to take a roster spot next season because he's just going to get thrown right on IR. But the potential yeah, like that idea. is so high up there. I mean, he d- d- RAS score of 9.87. Like I said, he has to get surgery, but he's he seems like he has the foundation of everything that Tremaine would have the foundation of. He's long, he's versatile, right. he's, su- he's super fast, goes sideline to sideline, but also good on the blitz. Some people are like, oh, everyone's in a while you could line them up at the edge uh just like people right. talk about main coming out crazy wingspan at six six and the kid is fast so i mean after the surgery thing gets taken care of and that rehab goes through and it's not like the surgery is you know it's not like an acl tear it's a spinal thing so it's right. not like it's gonna you know he he should be able to come back the same athlete he was with you know uh just with, pro- with proper rehabbing yeah you, right. you know what i'm saying you know what i'm saying yeah so just i don't know like to thing. me i i have that idea of like yeah let's use a draft pick it's not like all our draft picks are going to make the team anyway so if right. we can find a way to use one of these picks on damone clark ship ship him right off to ir then that's a good way to make good use of our later picks yeah no i like that a lot and damone clark and his profile has first of all i like anything that has like something an athlete together he hit, mm-hmm. he hits it on two fronts and his profile it says exceptional athlete and special athlete. So yeah, in a late <laughs> round, that's a guy who I would take a chance on, you know, 10 times out of 10. So I, I really like that. Uh, if, he, if he's there in, in the later rounds and he drops because of that injury, I would, I would really like to pick a guy like that up a high motor guy with excellent, excellent athleticism. Yeah. Sign me up all day for that. So I like that. Yeah. Um, I wish he was available. <laughs> um, yeah. You got to take someone here. I mean, whatever. Yeah, no. We'll just go with the cornerback. Fill out the quarterback room. Yeah. The volume play here. Isaac Taylor Stewart. 
you're on the Bills, just like last week. Yeah. We're in our draft. Andrew Booth going from rounds one through the end of the draft. Andrew Booth, Brees Hall, Channy Tindale, Alec Pierce, Matt Areza, three Castro Fields, Chris Paul, and Isaac Taylor Stewart. I think again, solid draft we we put together yeah. here. I would we would be I'd be very happy with this. Me too. I would be I would be pretty stoked about this draft. I'd be really excited if if we got Booth and Hall. That would be real. That would be yeah. so much fun. <laughs> yeah, that'd be that'd be an A grade automatically for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, those would be two two guys I really like. I like Brees Hall in the first round. If we can get him in the second round. That'd be just yeah. cherry on top. Shane Tindell, Tindell does scare me as well as any other linebacker mid-round because of my propensity to love middle-round linebackers, Nick Harris, Alvin Bowen, Randell Johnson, whoever else those have drafted throughout the years. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping like the mid-round, like Matt Milano broke the curse, thank God. But I mean, the 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 hit rate is not great with middle-round linebackers who I really like working out <laughs> for the Bills. So Jane Tyndale, I, I would hope if he was a draft pick, would not fall into that category. So, uh, but Tony, I mean, one week to the drafts, we're excited. Can't wait. Brandon Bean, stoked. go to work. Stoked. <laughs> uh, that is our draft. Uh, listeners, we've done two mock drafts now. We'll put them side by side for you. Tell us which one you like better on Twitter. Tell us picks you prefer the Bills looking at in first round, later rounds, mid rounds, whatever. Uh, and who you want being the target as well, Tony? What do you say uh, we wrap up this episode though? Because uh, you know we just got we we got we got to. We got to go. We're sick of talking we about the go. We got things to do. We got things to do. We'll take a quick break uh, with a word from our sponsor, our friends at Traveling Growler. And we'll be back after the break. Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but my drink is so delightfully cold thanks to Traveling Growler. And since we know place to go, keep it cold, keep it cold, keep it cold with a Traveling Growler koozie. Koozie starting at just $5. Check out www.travelinggrowler.com today. And now back to the and show. We're back. Tony wrapping up the episode. Thank you to, of course, our friends at Traveling Growler, www.travelinggrowler.com. Check out all the koozie designs for growlers, cans, bottles, whatever you can think of. They got awesome products. Uh, just $5. Koozie starting at just $5. www.travelinggrowler.com. T shirt store, T E E Spring. Dot com search witty not funny all one word check out the design support the podcast that's all i got for the t-shirt store just support the podcast they're cool designs they get the people talking they get the people going fun to talk about if you wear one somebody else wears one you talk you connect you become best friends it's all it's all good uh tespring.com search witty not funny all one word where you can find the podcast you can find the podcast on the built in buffalo podcast network follow built in buffalo on twitter at built in buffalo underscore spotify itunes iHeartRadio, wherever you're finding podcasts, I listen to for a free search built in Buffalo. You can find all the great shows, including ours. Well, I don't put ours as great, but all the other great shows uh, and ours as well in, in the good column yes, on the Build a Buffalo Podcast Network. Uh, if you like us, subscribe, leave a review. You can also search Way Not Funny, all one word to find us. If you give us two hours or two minutes of your time, we'd greatly appreciate it. Thank you for listening, checking out this episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Tony, Twitter handles. Where can listeners find you? At Tony J. Ambrose. Tony J. Ambrose. You can find the podcast at Woody Sports 716 on Twitter and Instagram. You can also follow us on Facebook. We added a TikTok page that we'll be adding to shortly. Uh, We also have one on something called Pinata Farm, which I guess is up and coming. So you can find us anywhere. Just search Woody Not Funny. Oh, one word. uh, At Woody Sports 716 is the handle. Uh, Give us a follow. We'll follow back. We love connecting to the Buffalo Bills sports community, Bills Mafia, Saber Swords people out there. So give us a follow. Show us some love. We'll show right back. Uh, Tony, send off for the listeners. What do you got? From me and my loved ones to yours. Merry draft week. We made it, everybody. It's here. We did it. We made it. I thought you were going to say firepower. <laughs>
No. Draft week is <laughs> no, wired. No. Sabres are tired. Oh, my gosh. Owen Power scored his first goal. I thought he was stoked. <laughs> Owen Power. Owen Power. <laughs> and as I always say, uh, go Bills. Stay witty out there, everyone. Thanks for listening. Peace. Bye. Bye. Later. Sean is a fresher breath there. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love each and most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? It, it, it kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank you for that. Stitching, you got it. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, stay focused. Um, work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It builds a problem. It builds a problem. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network.